2: Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are glad to have you with us today, and, and I do know I say that every week, but today I really mean it. No, I mean it every week. I mean it every week, and we are really glad to have you here. We could say we're actually thankful to, to have you here. Yeah, so, yeah. That's all you got, Robbie? You don't?
3: He'll laugh at anything. It's not funny. <laughs> well, I started to do my
1: calculations on how many days Thanksgiving Eve, 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 Eve. I'm pretty sure.
2: Yeah, it's quite a few, but we're we are in Thanksgiving week, and so we're going to talk about Thanksgiving this week, but in a little bit different way, which we'll talk about here in a second. But first, I want to welcome the guests that we have this week. Kim and Catherine Whitehurst are with us, and maybe they didn't want to use their last name, and depending on how the show goes, but uh, we are glad to have you now, Robbie. You had them on your show a couple weeks ago, didn't you?
1: Yes, wonderful, wonderful Christian counselors. Yeah, and. If anybody needs counseling, you've found the guys.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I I can personally attest to that. That uh, They are very, very good uh, at what they do. And so if you do need a little bit of help getting over the the hump, so to speak, that these would be a great resource for you to call. And uh, if you listen at the break, you can actually get their contact information. So anyway, today we're going to be talking. Well, welcome, guys. I want to say welcome.
4: Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Okay.
2: Al, you're back, which is good to see you. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, there we go. Um, so we're going to talk about thankfulness, but we're going to do it in a little bit different way. I think a lot of times we always focus on what we're thankful for, which is a very good thing to do, but usually it's what we have in life. One of the traditions we started at Thanksgiving years ago that my mother-in-law and father-in-law started, I'm really grateful that they did. At the time, I was thinking it was kind of annoying, honestly, but you, each person writes on a um, tablecloth each year what they're thankful for that year. And so you can kind of go back, and especially as the kids have gotten older, you can go back and look at things they wrote as soon as they could start to write, and from that point on, and just to go back and kind of remember where you were at that stage. And But if you go look at it, it's always things that they're glad that you have. And if you looked at mine, it would say the same kind of stuff. You know, I'm glad to have the family and all those things. But are you often glad for something that's been taken away? Now, Robbie, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's it's a phenomenal thing, and, yeah. you know, and of course the scripture is loaded with that kind of thing that, you know, we're supposed to be thankful, you know, in all sorts of persecutions and all sorts of other things. But it's really a cool thought for me to sit here and reflect on, you know, wow, what has God taken out of my life that used to be there and what has been the result of that? And those people who know me well, as you do, Sam, and a lot of folks you know, I had the Chrysler dealership in Knoxville, mm-hmm. And 2007 went through what was the horrific loss, I, I think, for my wife. Certainly, you know, 19 employees lost their jobs and all sorts of things happened. But there's no doubt that I am what I am today or God's allowed me to um, be a different person completely as a result of that. And like I went and had my blood pressure check today, actually, (laughs) and it was 110 over 80 instead of, you know, 175 over 60 because the pressures of that were just significant. And I, Mm -hmm. I guess God knew that that wasn't that place for me. But when I think about, wow, how cool is it that God changed my life so radically, not in a way that I would have chosen in any way, shape or form, but clearly, you know, helped me to be who I am. Thank you, Robbie.
2: I appreciate that. They, I do honestly,
3: I thought you said over the last year what what happened last year, Robbie?
1: Very good, it took me a year it took me six years to get used to the idea <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: okay well, and then that is really some of the point you articulated it well is sometimes God will come in and, and something will be taken away from your life, and initially it may not always look like it's a good thing, but when you see the fruit of it later, you realize it really was that God had some really good intentions there, and so. Kim and Catherine, I was going to ask you a question of maybe some things that you've seen at some point that people have had removed from their life that put them in a healthier situation. You know, I know we talked a little bit before the show, but there's some things that, woundedness or what other things that have come up, and I know you've counseled well, and, and Kim and Catherine, you both worked with me in, at different times on some things, but what's some of those things that people, could, so they could have a context to it, could be grateful for that's no longer in their life?
0: Well, actually, um, just in some of the processes that we help people with, um, there have been times where people have come to us with lots of pain, Mm -hmm. lots of pain from whatever their trauma is. Um, Many times we see people come to us with um, uh, their marriage falling apart because of um, addiction or something like that. And and they, in an example, a wife came and said, "You know, I have this idea of what I thought marriage was, and now it's been all ripped away, and it's it's gone, and um, I, I've lost my idea what I thought marriage was supposed to be." But in that process, through time, through time, being able to witness and uh, help someone, be able to take that that fiery perseverance time to really use it for the best to remove um, lies and remove uh, painful things that had happened, but to really process and learn and mature to be able to say, okay, well, I'm actually grateful for this time because during this time that I thought was so terrible when I look back I can see I began to really get to know who I am and I began to really learn who God says I am and to really learn to turn that pain from what I thought was so painful it was going to overtake me but now I'm able to take that to God and and really be strengthened so we've seen a lot of people take a painful time and really God take it and turn it into something really beautiful and stronger.
1: She set up our clip perfectly. Yeah, I think it, Sam, you yeah. couldn't have set this clip up any better than what she just did. <laughs> As our, our first clip tonight is from the movie uh, First Night. Am I, have I got that right? That's correct. At, which was the story of Camelot. And you may know that Guinevere and Lancelot had sort of an issue there. But in this scene, you're seeing them get to know one another. And, and Guinevere is asking, you know, a little bit about his his, his past. And she sees that he's obviously gone through something very painful, but also that he has no home. And so there, you'll hear some music in the background, some screaming, some fire. What happens is Lancelot goes to a flashback, flashback, flashback. and it's kind of black back in yeah. too because yeah. of was fire. And during that flashback, yeah, that where he lost his mother and where he was a child. And so you can see that there's a lot of loss and a lot of pain in this particular clip. but. Clearly at the same point, Lancelot would not been who he was had this particular thing not transpired.
3: Don't you have a home?
4: No, I don't have a home. Not for a long time.
0: That must be hard.
4: Why? Why must it be? I'm my own master. I go where I please. I have nothing to lose. Why I build a house for the warlords to burn?
0: Is that how it happened?
4: God save you from such a day.
0: How old were you? No! No! No!
3: It was long ago.
1: God save us all from such a day.
2: Didn't save me. Ah, but he did.
4: For what?
0: It's made you who you are. A man who fears nothing and no one. You can use that gift for some good purpose. If not, you might as well have died in the church with the others.
4: You don't know how many times I've wished for that.
0: But you didn't die. You lived.
2: So, Al, you know, I love to throw questions at you that I hadn't asked before we we go on the air. But uh, knowing some of your story, and you have shared it on the air, that growing up there was a fair amount of pain. Right. Right. And so I know you've talked a little bit about it in the past, but how has God helped you kind of deal with that and help you realize that, you know, you wouldn't be who you are today had you not been through some of that?
3: Wow. Boy, that came out of left field. It
2: did. did. Um,
3: I'll share, I'll put it like this. And this is perspective, I think, more than anything else. But if I look at what I went through, I would rather it have happened to me than to my sister or my children or my wife. And we, we all have our own struggles, but going through that, um, God had me the whole time. You know, I mean, it, when I look back, now I can see it. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think I could probably explain it best like this um, I heard a sermon um, from our pastor, and he was talking about blessings and curses. And it went back to this Chinese man who was, they said, Oh, that's such a curse for the terrible thing. And he goes, It's too early to tell. And they said, What? It's too early to tell. How do you know it's a curse? There could be something good that comes out of this. Or they say, oh, what a blessing that is. It's too soon to tell. You don't know. And I've found over time, especially since I've heard that sermon, (laughs) that when something bad happens, I'm not going to say it's a curse or it's a bad thing. I'm going to say, let's see what God does with it. Let's see how he can use this and, and bring something better. So I don't know if that answers your question, but if he took something away from me, it was that I was in a bad position or bad state, because it's too soon to tell. It's just at the moment.
2: You did really well. You you did like Todd. You I, just kind of switched gears. I tried you, to answer, but that's no. You, you actually did very well, and I think thanks. that's great perspective looking back. That it, sometimes we have the eyes still clouded from our childhood. You know, when you hear Lancelot's story, there, he's still kind of seeing some of that through how old he was when it happened. And Kim, we're going to go to break here in a second, but that's something that you face when you deal with men as you're talking to them is sometimes they don't have the eyes to see. They're still looking with the child's eyes, aren't they?
4: Absolutely. And I was just thinking about that. Um, In my own life, um, I grew up in what I would call a shame-based family where there was a lot of uh, yelling, screaming. I was really afraid of my father and a lot of statements that made me feel bad about myself, which... I later learned very late in life that it, that was shame, which is basically um, feeling bad about who you are, and <clears throat> I didn't realize that I had all that shame in me and, until I had a colleague show me what uh, shame was really all about, and I, I began to identify with that pain, and uh, that's what it caused me to um, react the way I did in so many s- different s- situations.
2: Thank you We're going to come back We're going to talk about that A little bit more And we're going to talk about What does God do In the midst of that pain To help you move through that And get the proper perspective And get healing on the other side Welcome back Masculine Journey Radio is listener-supported, and we are very thankful for every dollar. But I wanted to take a moment to share a really easy way that you can support us. If you use Amazon to purchase things, all you need to do is go to smile.amazon.com, which is their charity contribution site, and from there, select Good Heart Ministries to support, and Amazon will donate 5% of your purchase to us. To donate or watch a video on how to do this, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Sam Main here for Masculine Journey Radio Show. Our show often focuses on healing and freedom that's found through walking more intimately with the Father. I know no one wants to see a counselor, but often there are times I find myself stuck and needing a little bit more help. That's why I turn to my friends at Seasons of the Heart. Kim and Catherine are experienced counselors that help you find healing through the Father. For more information on Seasons of the Heart, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Welcome back to Masculine Journey. I'm so used to having bump-in music that we didn't have it other than our great music we have there. But uh, Dennis, you know, I miss having Dennis to do that bump-in music for us. And so hopefully he'll be able to be back with us here pretty soon. But when we left, we were talking with Kim. And Kim, you are talking a little bit about as you were growing up in a a shame-based situation, talk a little bit about how God kind of took you from that place and has helped you move past that and see it with a different perspective.
4: Yeah, I remember when I was in graduate school, and, and especially in the second year, and we were required to get up in front of class and do lots of projects, and I discovered that I had a social phobia, which kind of traced back to shame, feeling bad about myself, through a lot of rejection and abandonment. Um, and God began to show me uh, that those were lies that I was believing about myself. And when I began to work on those lies, I, I went into counseling for myself and got ministry, mm-hmm. and God began to heal me of my shame. And I was uh, He actually set me free of the fear of public speaking. I went from, um, I remember in, in uh, elementary school that I would fake being sick, so I wouldn't have to get in front of the class and speak because I felt so bad about myself. I spent all my time in school trying to be invisible, mm-hmm. but God began to deliver me of that. And I was able to get up in front of the class in the second year with some confidence and express myself. And then I went on to work with a ministry called Theotherapy and ended up doing 55 seminars where I'm standing up in front of a group all weekend speaking Mm -hmm. from my heart. And there's no greater feeling to go from having a social phobia to knowing that God has healed you of that and feeling comfortable in front of people being able to express yourself and really say what you really want to say. And shame is one of those things that have, it drives addiction, codependency, eating disorders. So um, God has really called me and Catherine to help people overcome shame because the the, the, the end result of that is you establish your identity uh, in Christ, who you are in Christ um, uh, through that process of recovery. Mm-hmm. And that's really the the objective of our ministry is to help people Uh, understand that who they are in christ especially ones that have come from a shame-based home that feel bad about themselves
2: now Catherine, i'd a quick question for you if i could but go ahead and make your point first and then i'll come back and ask you a question
0: well i was just going to say when you're in a shame-based home or grow up in that type of way you don't really have an idea of who you are it's so um covered up by lies and what has been placed on you that's false And so the biblical picture of what we try to do in people's lives individually is kind of like the children of Israel that were in Egypt as slaves, and then God took them from slave ship to the promised land, to the land that he had given them. They are sons. So they went from slavery to owning their own land and knowing who they are and and their birthright. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of what we try to do with people is, is that process.
2: Absolutely. Now, I know a lot of times people get confused and think that maybe God's shaming them. But God doesn't really do shame, does he? I mean, have you ever conviction and shame are two different things, aren't they?
0: That is correct. Um, And that's something that we have to do a lot of teaching about. Um, When people come and talk to us, we, we really do a lot of teaching about there's a difference in guilt and shame. Guilt is uh, is like conviction, and it is actually for your good. It's it's basically to say, okay, this will harm you, so don't go in that direction. So that's what a loving parent would do to pull a child out of the road. Stop, wait, you know. But shame is more about who you are. Like you are bad. I am a bad person. I, uh, you know, whatever. So shame, shame affects your identity, your person and guilt is about actions. So we try to separate those.
2: Oh, thank you. You've actually done a great job setting up the next clip again. so I thought I was thinking the same thing, I'm, I'm, Oh, now, You're I'm Sam. Saying, you know, now I'm offended. I feel bad about myself. Can you guys I'm, see me I'm, after I'm this having time? an identity crisis. <laughs> We're
4: available to help you with your shame.
2: <laughs> I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Well, the clip, Robbie, is the uh, from The Wizard of Oz. And, and in this clip... What's happened so far? It's towards the end of the show, and if you haven't seen The Wizard of Oz, come on, really, you haven't seen The Wizard of Oz. So if I'm ruining it for you, you gotta Come on, get flying monkeys!
3: More. I stay away from that.
2: Yeah, you got to get out more. But the the Wizard of Oz at this point, they're getting their gifts from the wizard. You know, they want one wanted a brain, one wanted a heart, um, one wanted courage. And so this part we're picking up after the lion gets his courage, and we're gonna come back and talk about it. What it was taken away? From the Tin Man, and we're going to deal with the Tin Man as we listen to this.
4: As for you, my galvanized friend, you want a heart. You don't know how lucky you are not to have one. Hearts will never be practical until they can be made unbreakable. But I I still want one. Back where I come from, there are men who do nothing all day but good deeds. They are called Philip... Philip... Uh, fl- uh, yes. uh, good deed doers and their hearts are no bigger than yours but they have one thing you haven't got a testimonial therefore in consideration of your kindness i take pleasure at this time in presenting you with a small token of our esteem and affection and remember my sentimental friend
0: that a heart is not judged by how much you love but by how much you are loved by others (sighs) It ticks. Look,
3: it ticks. Read what my medal says.
4: Courage. Ain't it the truth? Ain't it the truth? Oh, oh they're all
2: wonderful. So, Al, as you're your listening to that, um, I'm not going to ask you a question. Yeah, I am. The. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you listen to that, was there something that the lion kind of lost in that, ex- not lion, the tin man lost in that exchange It was a good thing? You know, I completely went to a whole different place in my childhood. Okay,
3: I'd never watched this movie all the way through because there were three things that I hated. I hated the flying monkeys because that was so unnatural. It freaked me out as a child and as an adult. My kids make fun of me about that. Number two, I hated the music. Nah, 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 nah. And third, I hated the Wicked Witch. It was just something inherently evil about that woman. And so when you think of identity, you know... I, I kind of just went back that I really don't like negativity, and and that those three things mm-hmm. really bring that out of me. I, I don't know why that just compelled me to say it because I guess we were talking about mother wounds earlier, but when I think about that, I don't. I like staying away from negativity. That's and that's something that God has really helped me over the last year to take the negativity away.
2: He's right. really taken a lot of that away in my life. Kim, can I get one of your business cards for Al? I
4: have (laughs) uh, uh, one right here, here, Al. (laughs) Yeah, because I think you
3: might want to set something up here pretty quickly. Wait, wait, this card is green like the witch's face.
2: (laughs) But what happens in that clip that I, I like so much is, was it true that the Tin Man didn't physically have a heart? Yeah, that was true. He didn't have a physical form of a heart. But did he have a huge heart emotionally? Absolutely. And so the enemy loves to take those little half-throughs and try to make you believe them to be the whole truth. And what got reset here was really getting things back to the right place. The Tin got to see himself with fresh eyes again and realize, and, and they all did, the Lion already had courage before he got the medal. The, the Scarecrow was smart, even though he didn't end up getting a brain. He got a diploma. And uh, so, Kim, I want to ask you a quick question. Oh, well, no, to your point, that yeah. I think... You know, and it took me a while
1: because when I originally got this clip that this, Robbie, this is a show for things that God took away from you. And I'm like, Why? <laughs> how does that make sense? But what what he, what you're clearly illustrating is that God took away the lie.
2: Right. That and God self-doubt. took away
1: the lie that he didn't, wasn't smarter, that he didn't have a heart, or that he wasn't courageous in certain circumstances, <laughs> you know, depending.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And now, Kim... I'm sure there's a fair amount of identity issues that people walk around with every day. Do you often find those in guys that they really just don't know who they truly are?
4: Absolutely. Um, in working um, mainly with men, I see that every day. Uh, John Elridge calls it unfinished men. Mm-hmm. Men are not getting uh, what they, uh, they need from their fathers to be able to, to be finished men, to be able to fulfill the role of father-husband So when they come to me, they just seem lost and really don't know what to do. They're having problems in their marriage uh, and they come to counseling sometimes because they have to. Mm -hmm. But once we get into it, it kind of goes back to what John John Elridge says in Wilder Heart, men have lost connection with their hearts because their hearts are so painful and they're not taught how to deal with their pain. So they they disconnect from their hearts. And um, once they do that, uh, a woman really wants to connect with her husband's heart and because they want to be intimate intimacy, me see, they want to see uh, the contents of their husband's heart. They want to be connected to their husband's heart. But if he's disconnected from his heart because of his woundedness, mm-hmm. because and sometimes because even the pressures of society, it says men are supposed to be strong and not cry. So they lose connection with their, their center, their emotional center and, um, they don't know what to do with that. They they don't even realize they've lost connection with their heart until their wife begins to say things like, "I want to have a more intimate relationship with you." And then they look cross-eyed. At their wife's going, "What are you talking about?" Mm-hmm. They don't have any. They don't have any idea what uh, being intimate really is until they come to see someone like Catherine and me. And we begin to explain that. But uh, John Elvers talks about it in Wild a Heart, how to get reconnected to your heart, mm-hmm. because God looks at the thoughts and intentions of the heart and you can't be a whole person if you're disconnected from your heart and you know sometimes you just have to encourage men to go back there because it's pain it's a painful process to get reconnected to your heart and work through those issues and forgive the people that have hurt you and uh, and another thing that happens there is you develop a, your image of god from your fathers so if you're disconnected from your heart um, once you get reconnected with your heart you're going to feel um, some issues with god maybe some anger with god so and god is the one that can heal you so that's one of the things that we do is help people deal with the distorted images they have of god Mm -hmm. so that he can actually come into their life in an intimate way and heal them of their hurts
2: absolutely and that heart is so vital because it's not just your intimacy i mean that is a pretty big component of it but your deepest desires are there your identities comes from there your deepest thinking comes from there you know it's not necessarily your brain it's it's the, the deep things within your heart you know you don't get married because it makes logical sense or because you ran a math calculation you get married because it's a heart decision or it should be but uh, the, the deepest things come from that heart And so when that's shut off you have no idea who you even are I mean, it's completely stolen from you at that point
4: that, that's right that's like I can say We we see people that are just completely lost because mm-hmm. who they really are they're completely out of touch with it And we help them rediscover their hearts so they can figure out who they are as people and also as Christians.
2: Thank you. As the music plays, anyone that wants to jump in and just say something that God took away from them this year that they're thankful for. For me, he took away a stronghold that I had and some fear, which was really, really cool. It was very freeing and I feel completely different than I did just even a, a short time ago.
1: Yeah, I mean, exactly, you know, what was one of the things I prayed for at the beginning of the year was God work on my pride and he's he's found ways to crush me <laughs> yeah. but I mean seriously it's, it's been a really fun journey as I watch that process
2: now if anyone else has them you're gonna have to, to- go to our website to find them out and we'll put them on there but I want to ask you to join us next week when we come back